Hello all, this is Blonde Haired Girl. In this podcast, I want to talk about about the topic of abortion. <laughs> I know it's not a very popular topic, is it? I don't I don't necessarily talk about this stuff very often, but I I'm going to go there. Um I'm going to go there uh, because I'm starting to see, you know, this trend in our country. Um, that I feel like really is against women. I really take it as an attack on women. <clears throat> I'm not sure how this thing is going to um, play out. And I'm not sure how it's going to, like, where where the lines are going to be. Um, it seemed like when, when Trump was in office, he was stacking the court Uh conservatively I guess I, I I heard somebody yesterday like say that it's actually been since um could be Bush and it's not that I'm like necessarily why why did all of these things go along these lines that somehow the conservatives are s- supposedly pro-life like like it's the weirdest thing to me because i really feel like honestly they're being used i feel like i feel like they're being used i i i i don't know this is just the weirdest thing so let me just just back up cuz i got this all muddied up and it's the middle of the night and i woke up and wanted to talk about this it's been coming on for a while because I've been seeing these really extreme laws throughout the country, like in Texas and then in in Oklahoma, they have banned abortion in Oklahoma. They, I mean, it hasn't gone into effect, I guess, yet, but, and this is against the, the, this, the Supreme Court, this is against the and so now that they are planning to repeal Roe versus Wade, reproductive or abortion rights throughout the country are at risk, the entire country. In fact, I mean, it could indeed make it unlawful to have an abortion anywhere in the United States. And I don't, I don't think that, that they they quite understand the ramifications of this. (laughs) And I'm sort of laughing under my breath because I just, I just feel like the hypocrisy of it is just horrible. And the judgmental, just the judgmental part of it, just, and these men, like literally these men making decisions I know that there are women on the Supreme Court, and I'm not sure what they're... I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how everybody voted, which I'm sure we'll find out soon, um, because there's not all men, but... Um, like, for me, like, I don't know. I And I tend to find myself a person who, like, said, okay, don't be afraid. And I say that again that I'm going to come around to this, to not being afraid. But but my initial, my initial feeling on the matter was fear. And I know that this goes against my family that was adamantly, supposedly, I have to say supposedly pro-life. Because it's not pro the life of the living, the person who is actually in the world. And I'm not speaking to the amount of people who who really abuse this idea of abortion and go out and use it as reproduction or have a late-term abortion because they changed their mind. They decided, I don't really want this baby. And they go, you know, the baby's like almost fully formed and they go abort. I'm not talking about that. Those are the outliers. Those are the people that are outside of of... You know, but you can't, (laughs) 
you can't, unfortunately, you can't like, like make that, um, I mean, you can, because there are, there are, there are states that have, have laws that are, that are reasonable, like in the sense that they don't allow late tumor abortions for just people who, you know, don't want their baby at eight months. So there are, so It's like it's like getting rid of all guns because some people kill people with guns. I mean, like it truly is. Like like, you know, that the, they get all up in arms like the 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 conservatives, they get all up in arms about us taking away their arms. You know, it's like, "Oh, they're going to take away our arms, you know, our second amendment right, blah blah blah, you know, our right to bear arms and all the ramifications of that." Well, what are the ramifications of this? This is like really huge. The ramifications of this. That 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 a girl who gets raped, who gets incested by her dad, who 12-year-olds who find themselves pregnant. Um, the, the, I read a statistic once, and I know, you know, it's a statistic, and you can find statistics on whatever you want, but I think this is actually true. Just based on, based on my own life experience, like my own, like, you know, that a good percentage, a majority of abortions happen because the father asked for it. The father did not want this baby and asked the woman to have an abortion. And of these people, the majority of them are Christian. The majority. And so, and so what I've been hearing, and I don't know if this is true or not, is that is that rich people will continue to be able to access abortion services. I'm just going to use the word abortion services when they want. This is going to affect the poor. And this is the thing that I just don't, and this is all in the name of, of, you know, this idea of like pro-life, which is, is really, is really a shield. And, (laughs) and this is going to be unpopular because my family, you know, I have, I have family members who say they vote Republican just on this issue, just on this issue alone. Well, what they don't understand is they are being used as a pawn because that's how they tried to get Republican voters. Let's throw in this issue and then we'll get the whole Christian right. We'll make them all Republicans. We'll make all these Christians Republicans just on this issue alone. And they were right. Partly I know this because for many years I was a Republican on this issue alone. I was. I used to be adamantly pro 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 life pro life supposedly i was young and i was you know and people would say things to me and i i was speaking somewhat out of ignorance but i mean that but i mean i just thought I had a hard line about babies you know i thought okay so um so the thing about about Democrats that I found to be hypocrisy was like like they would get really upset about a whale or a, or a dolphin being killed, but they didn't care about babies. This idea that babies, you know, in the womb can be killed any day of the week. It's my body, my choice. And I can make the distinction that it is not necessarily my body. 
because it's not completely your body or my body. And I know this as a woman, it's not completely my body. That baby's not necessarily my body. It comes through my body, but it's not necessarily my body. I understand the complexities of this issue. And I talk about it. I've talked about this in my material. So, so I mean, the logic of it is like really horrible. Just even the logic, because it is basically saying, in a way, you know, that it's lumping every single person who gets an abortion in the same, same category. That it is always, always, always in every circumstance wrong to kill a baby or to kill a fetus in a woman's body. And so, and so I, want to, I want to kind of talk about that because is it always? I mean, even going with the idea, which I actually would agree to, that it is, it's ending a life. It's ending a life. It is making a horrible decision. I'm not going to say that some women don't callously go and have an abortion and don't care about it. You know, oh, it's my right. I can do what I want with my body. And I'm not going to say that some people, they're not, women are not affected by it. And I actually don't make any judgment about that. I don't make any judgment about somebody else. But for me, I understand that if I have an abortion, which ironically I've never had, I've never had an abortion. I've never made that choice. I never have. I, I, I just, I, and I've been lucky. I wasn't raped. And my dad didn't impregnate me. I, I, I wasn't faced with these, these situations in my life. I was, I was faced with a situation when I was, when I was older, where I was not married and I, and I was scared, but I, I, I got over that. I'm like, okay, I'm having a baby. But I can't make that decision for somebody else. And situations, okay, so I can concede that it is ending a life. That if, if a woman has an abortion, that choice ends a life. It does. My concern is, is the complexity of that. People want to make it simple, but it's not. They really do. They want to say, oh, it's just murder. Abortion is murder. And... You know, and standing on the judgmentalism of it all, it's easy to judge someone else, right? I'm not sure about this guy. I don't know. And I'm being kind of judgmental of him. The person who drafted this this um, decision, this person on the Supreme Court who drafted this decision, but I'm going to guess that he has been married probably to the same woman for many, many, many years and and... He's got an ideology. He's got an ideology going on. And, and he, he, in some ways, it feels like, and I, I could be totally wrong. I'm making a judgment here. That he, that he is holding to that ideology. But his all, ideology, in some ways, is flawed, in my opinion. Because there are times where murder is, is justifiable. I'm going to say something as, as crazy sounding as that. Where murder is justifiable. There are times. I make this, I make this, this um, joke. I make this, this comparison. It's not a joke. Um, and it sounds far out, but it's really not. You know, I see all the time these people who are talking about um, having end-of-life decisions for their pets. 
for their dogs and their cats. And they are devastated. They're just devastated. But they know that it is better that their but that their animal is put, you know, out of their pain. Okay, so now you could say, okay, well that's different. But is it? It's ending a life. I mean, if you're going to say that all abortion is murder and is bad and is unlawful, if you're going to say that every single abortion, and that's what they're trying to say. You know, it's like, it's like some states have, have um, end-of-life decisions for humans where a person can make a decision to end their own life. If they, you know, I, I, I'm sure that there are some parameters around it, like, you know, but, but there are some states where when a person is really, 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 really sick, they're not going to get better and they're in pain. They can give them a lethal dose of something and they pass out of their body. So what is human humane? What is humane to an entire situation? What is what is the most humane thing for a person in different situations of their life. I, I just, it just seems to me, and I don't know, like I had gotten to the, to the position at one point in my life where I really felt like I didn't understand how it was in the hands of, of the government. You know, but then I sort of understand in the sense that we can't just go around killing each other. So it is unlawful to just kill someone. But even that is a slippery slope. Depending on who you are. So it depends on who you are, what is going to happen to you if you go kill someone. I mean, like, even just randomly kill, like, not randomly, but, like, if you're going to go, you know, the same circumstances, somebody, you know, commits a murder. The person who's actually going to go to jail for that is going to be somebody who a lot of times does not have the financial resources and it just sort of it just sort of depends on 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 circumstances i mean you look at all the stuff that's going down with these these um and i'm going there i'm going there you know it's like i'm going there with this thing with with um police brutality okay And so if a policeman, you know, and I've watched some of these things, you know, and I mean, you can say, oh, well, you don't know all the facts. I mean, even though you're seeing it on the, on the, on the body cam, you don't know all the facts, you know, and sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm watching it in real time and people are trying to tell me stuff about the situation because the press messes up everything. I mean, truly these days, they just mess it all up and then you you really don't know because they're like oh well that guy had an, a warrant out for his arrest okay so does he deserve to die okay so that person deserved to die by police violence when they didn't even for a for a bad tail light that person deserved to die because they had a warrant out for their arrest like people don't know what they're talking about because we become so, so like, we have been indoctrinated and it's so screwy. And, and, and it does depend 
on your financial, on the color of your skin, on all kinds of factors, whether if you murder someone, if you have the intent to end their life, whether you are going to end up in prison or not. Under, under like the same circumstances, if you had like, like no circumstances are exactly the same, but you know, I mean, there's like people who, who, you know, who, um, they walk in on something, you know, like a dad walks in on somebody like molesting their child and then he, he like, he like goes after this guy. I mean, you can understand the blind rage. I mean, you can't. You got to understand that. The blind rage. He he hunts that person down and shoots them dead. Okay. Well, a lot of times that guy gets off, but not every time. Not every time. Because every single judge is different, every single jury is different, every single lawyer is different, every single day is different, and it depends on the day, the time, the lawyer, I mean, all these little factors. But a lot of times, the guy that gets off is a certain demographic. Can buy your way out of a whole lot of things. I mean, I mean, honestly, how did Jeffrey Epstein get away with what he was doing for so long? I mean, how old was he when he was arrested? This Maxwell lady? How old are they? How many people? How many girls did they violate? How many? All these people like turning a blind eye and all these people participating in these heinous acts. I mean, that's heinous. The little girl, the little 12-year-old whose, you know, neighbor pushed himself on her who finds herself pregnant. Because a lot of a lot a lot of stuff, and I I'm going there with this. I'm I'm I am absolutely going there with this. I just have to. I have to. I I just like I just feel like a lot of times we don't talk about this idea about sex in general. That there's a lot of sex out there that women don't necessarily girls young girls do not really want to participate in. And you can't necessarily call it rape because you're going to say, well, she didn't say no because she wasn't really sure. She wasn't indeed really sure. She's like in this situation and she thinks she really likes this guy. She's not really sure if she likes him or she doesn't. He wants to have sex. So, you know. She kind of knows it was wrong, but she's, you know, she's just in this situation. She finds herself in this situation. And this, and this boy who is maybe equally, but he's probably not thinking about her. He's just thinking about one thing, he's thinking about sex, not about her. So he, so he has sex with her and then she finds her, then she's pregnant We want her to be forced to have a baby out of a situation like that. 12, 13, 14-year-old little girls in, in middle school, barely in high school. So when I heard this yesterday, the biggest thing that came over me was just fear. I was just, you know, I, I like to think of myself and I make jokes about this because just because I think it's funny that there are times where I'm not as evolved as, you know, and as spiritual as I like to think I am. And yesterday, I mean, it wasn't a huge, I didn't spend a whole lot of time on it, but every time that I hear about this, it feels fearful to me. 
I don't know what's going to happen except that there it's going to be be just nuts in this country. It is it's going to be nuts. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen to the doctors. The doctors would would have charges filed against them. Um, there are going to be some women who are going to take it upon themselves and they're going to die. Some women won't die. Some women will die. There's going to be, be, you know, this is just going to go underground and it's just, it's just horrible. I don't know how you can go backwards. In this life, it would be the equivalent of taking away AR-15s. I mean, I'm I'm being serious in a way. The all these gun enthusiasts that are, you know, you can't take away my guns, but I'm going to take away a safe abortion for twelve-year-old girls, pregnant girls. I'm not even talking about that young. I mean, I, I just, this is such a complex situation and it cannot have a simple answer that would just be outlawed altogether. And I, and I just, I just, oh my God, it's just crazy. And then I guess they were going after, and I didn't understand this when I was hearing about it, but I do now. It was going after a different law too, and that is same-sex marriage. So the right to privacy, I don't know, maybe the, the same-sex marriage laws were, were, were um, bound, were, I'm not sure what the word is on that as well like the foundation for it was on Roe versus Wade as well. I don't know. I don't know where they found the law. I mean, who cares? Who cares if two people of the same sex get married? Why do Christian people see part of this is this is why I do not call myself a Christian because I'm not this kind of Christian. I'm not. I choose mercy. I choose mercy. I choose choose non-judgment. I know I sound very judgmental in this, but I mean, I'm like truly, I choose non-judgment. And I don't understand why Christians care if two gay guys or two lesbian women get married. I don't understand it. What do they care? What do they care about what they're doing? Why is it a threat to their marriage? Why... Why, why do we care about what somebody else does in their bedroom? I don't understand it. I just don't. I don't understand it. I know it's like the Bible. Oh, it's in the Bible. I mean, all this judgmentalism with all of this stuff that we really don't understand, like standing on this, like even on this book that is like, you know, the Bible that is what, like 2,000 years old. Like if you really do the history of the Bible, you know, that was that was taken in canonized or whatever in, in the Catholic Church, like all these men, all these quote-unquote spiritual men went into a room and decided, okay, what are we going to put in this book? How are we going to shape culture? How are we going to present this so that we can have the outcome that we want, which is, which is a whole lot of fearful people, fear and judgment. Fear and judgment which are the very things that Jesus talked against. I just don't understand it. I mean, I just really don't. And this is part of the reason why I don't want to be a complete hypocrite. So I just don't, I just don't, with the Bible, I just don't. 
Just don't. Like if you read through the Old Testament, which I don't understand why Christians hold on to the Old Testament. I don't understand it at all because that's the old. Why are you holding on to the old? But like you read the Old Testament and it is filled with horridness. Horridness. I mean, I just like, it has a few little gems in it, but most of it is just, <laughs> like if you really read it, but it's like years and years and years of hearing it and years and years and years of doctrination as a, as a religion, but also just in households. But I guess that I, I, I was lucky because I had parents. My parents were adamantly pro-life. My mother used to, to actually pick it at abortion clinics. I mean, she would do the rosary. My mother would do the rosary at abortion clinics. Okay, this is the background I came from. But as my mother got older, she started to change her mind about that. Because you can't just lump every single person into, into a certain box. You start to have mercy for that, for that mother whose husband said, we cannot have another baby. Okay, we can't. Even if you want this baby, we can't have it. So you either have this abortion or we're going to get a divorce. Because I can't have another baby. I can't support another baby. This stuff happens. This happens. And so she chooses that life. She chooses the life of the children she already has. So, I don't know. I just, I'm not really sure what the outcome is going to be, like, truly. Um, but, you know, I saw signs, you know, because when Trump was, and, and I can't believe this is happening with, with Biden in office. Like, a Democrat is in office, and this is happening. That's the mind-blowing part to me. I have such distrust of Republicans, like, I, I mean, huge distrust of Republicans. And then now I have distrust of Democrats. I've, I've actually, turns out I'm really moderate and I'm just like really um, distancing myself from politics altogether. But I'm telling you, there is something in this, underlying this. It's sort of like this, 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 the way that is in general is this need to control women. To, to like, to, to bring us down to be merely baby making machines. That that's the whole purpose for our existence. Is to just make babies. That's it. We're supposed to be obedient. And this is what, what really transpired for me with the election of Donald Trump. When, when he was inaugurated or whatever, there was a women's march. I was part of it. I was part of it because I don't, I don't like that form of patriarchy, that form of patriarchy really bothers me. That, that, because I've been, I, I've had to deal with it throughout my life. I think that, that younger men today are better. I really do. I see a change in them. Probably because they were raised by women like me. <laughs> who didn't like that kind of man. I don't want my son to be like that. My son's not going to be like that. My son is going to respect women and love women. 
and we're going to work together. We're going to be partners. We're going to work as a team. But that's not the way men were. And that's not the way these men are. And so, and so, um, and so it is this need to control them that, that, that women, that you are supposed to be obedient to your husband and you are supposed to, you have your place in the house. You have your place, but the man is in control. The man is in control of the money. The man is in control of how it's spent. The man is in control of where we're going to live. The man is in control. I mean, they actually had the audacity. Some preachers in this country, in this last election, had the audacity to say that a woman should be voting with her husband. That a woman did not have the right to vote for who she believed was the better choice. That she had to vote by her husband or she was being disobedient. They are starting to talk this way, my friends. I heard about that. I could not believe it. (laughs) It's not about love. None of this is really based on love whatsoever. None of it. I mean, wow, I mean, wow, what an idea. Laws based on love. What is the most loving thing to do in this situation? What is the most loving thing for everyone? What is the most loving thing for that 12-year-old? What is the most loving thing for that gay couple who would like to be married? And, and, and like the purpose of marriage in a lot of ways is, is forming a household and, and, and like insurance things and making end of life decisions and this kind of thing. They really want it to go back to like uh, the way that it was where if there was a gay couple, nobody talked about it. First of all, you weren't allowed to talk about it. And then when that person dies, their their lover, their lover that they had been with for 50 years was not even allowed at the funeral. They were not even they were not even um it was as if they didn't even exist. They weren't entitled to things in in the house that they lived in with that family. They weren't entitled to any of their belongings, nothing. They were just kicked out as if they didn't exist. They just want to erase that person. End of life decisions. If you're not married, you can't make any decisions for this person. I guess you get a power of attorney. I don't know what else you do. What do you do? And then I just want to point this out because I just think it's interesting. I think this is interesting. So this saga with my taxes has gone on. I haven't been talking about it for the last couple of weeks, but this saga has gone on with my taxes. <clears throat> and on Sunday, I got, I got the taxes in the mail. And I, I literally went on it. On, I got the papers and I, I, I went on a tirade. I was just, I just lost it again. I just lost it again. And I just, went off. I went off. I, I was so, because they keep trying to say, and they are absolutely correct. The money people and the tax people are trying to say, your situations are, your situation is different with your sisters. And it is. My situation is different than my sister's. Because they are incentivized to be married. Because they get more, they get better benefits on their taxes. So like a standard deduction for a married couple is 25000 
a standard a standard deduction for a head of household, which is what I have had to file as a single, as a divorced person. I'm just going to call myself what I am. I'm divorced. And so as a divorced person, it was, it was 18,000. There are benefits to being married. Okay. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, so it's sort of like this, this divorce this you're penalized for being divorced. Okay, so it seems like this moral judgment, but then I'm like, well, but what about the people who are widowed? And maybe they do get more. Maybe a widowed person does get get more benefits, but a single person does not get the same amount of benefits as a married. I mean, this is like cultural the government this is the way the government shapes society. And so as a gay couple that's married, they would get a $25,000 deductible. I mean, a deduction. But they won't if they... And then what happens to all the gay people in this country? Do they become unmarried if they repeal same-sex marriage? Do they become unmarried? Like, like I don't know what happens. It's sort of like this stuff with with when it, they legalized marijuana. And for some reason, the federal government will not legalize marijuana, which I do not understand. I don't understand it. And, come, and come, there are some, I know I'm going off. I'm sorry. I just have to. <laughs> sorry. Forgive me. Um, but there are some companies that will not allow you to smoke marijuana. If you, even if you have a medical marijuana card, they will fire you if they find out that you are smoking marijuana, even though it is recreational legal, recreationally legal to do so in the state of Arizona. I don't understand how that's lawful, but they say it is federally illegal. So why does the federal government not legalize marijuana? I don't understand it. I don't understand it. If it's legal in the state, I don't understand. I just don't understand how some, like it's company to company. But it's coming down from the federal government. So the federal government, you know, and and I have to ask, what have they done for us recently? No, I'm having to pay these taxes. And and, and it's like, what have they done? I, I just, I sit here and I'm like, what have they done? What do they do? I understand state taxes to a degree and like city taxes, like I see construction being done, you know, in my, the little town I live in, you know, I like to see that progress, you know, even in my neighborhood, they're redoing the, the concrete on the sidewalk. Cool. What are they doing with the federal government? Like if you look at what they spend, spend this money on, and then I was just outraged. I know I'm on a tirade today, but it's kind of true. I was outraged about the amount of fraud that went on with the COVID relief bill. There were people that stole billions of dollars. Billions. And then I tried to say something about that. It was it, the, the government um, contracts didn't have as much thief thievery as the other ones did. So there were people that, like, the people who said, you know, feed children, they didn't feed the children. They took, like, an exorbitant amount of money and relief funds, but did not feed children. There was, like, a whole lot of fraud of, like, taxpayer money. And and I have to say this. What taxpayer money? What taxpayer money was this? You know, who is actually paying taxes? Because rich people, like really, 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 really rich people, find a way, like, I'm not sure. Maybe some rich people like Warren Buffett, who is a who seems to be a somewhat honest man. I'm not sure. I don't know the guy. But 
Maybe some rich people are paying their taxes, maybe some of them. But a lot of times, rich people are able to find loopholes. They have really, really good lawyers and they have really good accountants that can find certain loopholes and laws and they get them out of it. They get them out of having to pay taxes on that money. And then this, this, you know, I kind of see myself as the underdog in some ways, you know, and they're going to come after me. And then if I do a payment plan, which is something that I was considering, you know, I, I heard oh, you don't want to do a pay, payment plan with the IRS because they, they're going to charge you an exorbitant amount um, in interest. And, and if you miss a payment, the whole thing is due. I mean, it's like they said, don't do it. It's a nightmare. <clears throat> I don't know. It's just, it's just, I, I guess I'm just, just the bottom line is that it just feels like these people are making decisions for us. And all of these people are flawed and, and, and have an agenda, their agenda. That what is, what is, we don't want a woman who gets a divorce. That's not, that's not in the agenda. That's not in the, the, the preferred category. A woman who chooses to have an abortion, a woman who chooses to have a, a, a divorce, a woman who chooses for herself. We don't want women like that. I mean, this sends a clear message about where 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 our government is on women. And so I think that that's why it's the more more frightening to me. You know, I in my divorce, you know, and I'm and I'm going there. I'm going to go there on this one too. <laughs> when I divorced my first husband, it was it was very upsetting to my family. My family, like, and, and it became very, very clear that it did not matter what he did. It didn't matter what he did. He could have beat me, and they didn't care. God hates divorce. That's what was said. God hates divorce. It's just this hard line. It doesn't matter what a man does to you. You made your bed. You need to lie in it. These were other insinuations that came at me. And I just kind of made this presumption that the whole world was the way that my little circle was. Doesn't matter what he does. Doesn't matter what he does to your children. I mean, it, you know, and, and I'm not anti-man. I'm really not. I, But I am kind of this type of man. And I think, I think a good... Many men on this planet are like this type of man. That women have their place. They have their purpose. Their purpose is for, you know, fun. Having sex with. Making sure that there's dinner on the table. <laughs> I think a lot of men, especially of my generation, not necessarily of the, the new one, because I'm telling you, these, these young guys, they're amazing. They take care of their children, their babies. They, they're, they're just, it's just much more, there's so much more equality today in the younger generation in regards to these ideas. They don't think the way and probably because they were raised by women like me who what about devotion what about just the term devotion the term devotion the term you know love what about caring what about gentleness what about kindness what about mercy And so I'm just saying, I don't know how this thing is going to turn out. I'm going to try to fear not and, 
and have us all stay calm because I'm not sure how this thing is going to really turn out, to be honest. There, there, there may something be something that comes out of left field with this. I, you know, um, there's going to be challenges to the Supreme Court on this. There's going to be more cases. This is going to be a mess, um, but I, I don't know how it's all going to work out. And I, and I'm really, really grateful that my children are pretty grown, you know, um, so I don't have to deal with this. I don't have to deal with this issue on my own. I'm just more concerned. I'm more concerned about the 12 year old. I can't get it out of my mind. 12 year old that gets raped by her brother or stepdad. Just, I just don't think that we realize how often these kind of things actually really happen. Just stick our head in the mud. And it's like, I know I'm most of the time, you guys, my head is in the clouds and I'm off on trying to create my dream life. I just got, just got bumped out last night when I heard about this. And I just had to go there. I just had to, um, Got a got a perspective on this thing that I feel like is is I don't know I, I got a pretty broad perspective because I would be one that would say that I don't really think people should it should be just abortion on demand that's not that's not my belief on it I'm just somewhere somewhere in a in a state that I just I just wish like joyful loving lives for all of us. That's what I wish for. And the most loving outcome in certain circumstances. When it's not ideal, when it's not ideal, and, you know, a lot of times it's not ideal. What is the most loving answer to this? For everyone. Anyway, I appreciate you listening. And I'll be back with other ideas. And that's a wrap.